welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Welcome back, one and all. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute, hosted on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. I'm Ryan Aris, and I'm joined by Dr. Joe Boot, and we are continuing on with our series in the Ten Commandments. Today, we're dealing with the Fourth Commandment, Remember the Sabbath. We'll get into how we understand and apply that to that principle even down to this day in just a moment. We're, uh, we're really ripping through this series. I don't know what we're going to do when it ends. And we're looking forward to, uh, to next week. We'll have, uh, we'll have Pastor Joel Webin from Right Response Ministries uh, on the podcast dealing with the fifth commandment about uh, honoring your parents. So that'll be, that'll be a, uh, one to look forward to as well. Yeah, Before we dive, absolutely. Before we dive in, uh, just a, a quick reminder: we are running several Ezra Institute training programs this spring and summer. That's coming up uh, somewhat, somewhat soon. Uh, early May. In early May, we are uh, we're opening up the Runner Academy in Chatsworth, Georgia, and uh, applications are now uh, available. Now open. We're even running interviews for some of those who have already applied this week. So the uh, get your application in if that's a, a program that, to, that you think you would be a good fit for. We would love to hear from you. Look forward to seeing you there. The Christianity and Culture Colloquium is happening late May in Deerwood, Minnesota. And you don't need to apply for that. Uh, anyone can, can register and... Uh, that's also available. All of these programs, as well as the Worldview Leadership Academy, which is happening later in the summer, all the information can be found on our website, ezrainstitute.com. And we would, uh, we would look forward to uh, welcoming you and meeting you at uh, any, of those, any of those programs. So Joe, we're going uh, to get into the fourth commandment. This is, in terms of uh, in terms of word count, this is the longest and most detailed commandment, and be- we'll begin uh, just by reading it out. Exodus chapter twenty, starting in verse eight, says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you or your son or your daughter." your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, Joe, there is a, there is a good deal of confusion, uh, various interpretations of the, uh, the Sabbath principle, but uh, but really, in our uh, in our day and age, it's may- most um, most appropriate to begin by simply asking what what is the Sabbath? Well, the fact that uh, we have the sort of longest, as you said, uh, command here doesn't mean it's going to be the longest show. So people uh, needn't uh, go and get their quilt and pillow. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's no we, we, uh, uh, we, we, no correlation is not causation. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll we'll keep it to uh, keep it to time. 
And um, as you say, we're kind of zipping through this here. It seems to be going very quickly. And um, I'm looking forward to, uh, with you to having that discussion with uh, Pastor Joel Webben next week as well. It's nice to have one or two uh, guests joining us for this uh, for this series um, because uh, it is helpful to get um, uh, various perspectives uh, as people uh, often will emphasize a different aspect of a of a given command. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much you can say, obviously, about any of these uh, commandments in in 45 minutes for a podcast. But when it comes to the the Sabbath principle, we ha- we have here something that is enormously significant. I think one of the immediate indicators of that in the law of Moses is, of course, the penalty that was associated with Sabbath violation in the uh, older covenant period. Uh, interesting mm-hmm. that it is not... Uh, failure to worship that carries uh, such a severe penalty. It's failure to rest uh, as the as the Lord requires, uh, because mm. the stranger and the alien, the sojourner, could uh, have lived in Israel, not been a worshiper, not, not brought sacrifices to the temple, uh, but uh, would not have, but had to keep the, the law, even with regard to uh, Sabbath. That's so, right. The, the the fact that there is such a serious penalty attached to Sabbath violation for Older Covenant Israel indicates to us that something very important is being said here. Uh, also, though, we encounter here a, a creational principle. Now, of course, we might say that uh, and can say that all of God's moral law, what we might call the the standing commands of the Ten Commandments are built in, if you will, to the fabric of creation. But we would have to say Sabbath in a special way because this is actually the reason that God himself offers for Sabbath keeping is the creation pattern. Mm -hmm. So in Scripture, the, the pattern for the Sabbath is creation. The goal of the Sabbath is redemption, redemptive rest. So the pattern is creation, but the goal is redemptive rest, victorious rest. And uh, God himself says, six days you will labor. uh, And that's a positive command to to work, to uh, obey the cultural mandate, to turn creation into a the God-glorifying kingdom of God, um, and to uh, six days you will labor, and then on the seventh you'll rest because God himself rested victoriously from his work, um, from uh, from his works, from his particular work of creation on the seventh day. And so it's it's actually creational law, the creational pattern itself which governs in the uh, scriptures the requirement that we rest uh, because God rested, we must rest. So that's the pattern that there is a rest one day uh, in seven. The goal, though, and the purpose of the 
Sabbath principle in scripture is redemptive. It's redemption, it's salvation, it's renewal because of, a, because of the fall of man into sin. The, that original creation or principle is now fundamentally about new creation, restoration and renewal uh, in, a, in a fallen and a broken world. And, and it's important to, to note in particular that the, the, the biblical concept of a Sabbath rest is something that is unique, actually, uh, to Judeo-Christian cultures. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't something that is discovered in pagan culture. It's not something that's discovered in heathen lands historically. It's only found in those lands which have been impacted by the Bible, um, by uh, biblical faith. And so when uh, Sabbath laws began to be introduced into the pagan, uh, formerly pagan world into the West, interestingly, they were received as a form of liberation from servitude, from forced labor, uh, from slavery, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were celebrated as such. So the biblical concept of redemptive rest becomes the, the goal of history where ultimately God's perfect order of uh, his rest. Note there's a difference, uh, I think, between um, uh, indolence, uh, idleness, and rest. Um, God, of course, on day seven didn't didn't cease from his uh, labor, that is, of upholding all of creation. Right. But he did yeah. cease from the work, the specific work of uh, the creation days, the peculiar right. work that he was doing. Um, he didn't cease from activity. But the goal of history then it becomes this redemptive rest. And pagan cultures have shown a memory, really, of the meaning of Sabbath. Uh, they've shown a, a, a manifest, a, a memory, a, distor- a distortion, really, of the goal of uh, the Sabbath because Pagan cultures, including modern ones in the West, uh, when they've given themselves over to uh, pagan thought, have tried to introduce their utopian ideas of the future, to introduce a kind of um, return to paradise and some sort of uh, return to uh, a paradisal rest, which in the case of philosophies like Karl Marx, and, and similar utopias mean a ceasing from all work. So, so man in his own self-will uh, can seek to uh, remake himself, recreate himself, and recreate paradise. And uh, utopias, the most most famous one, of course, being that of of Karl Marx in the in the modern world. But of course, they go way back to to ancient Greece, sort of detailed, written utopian plans for society. Uh, but Karl Marx is some um, sort of radical secularization of a Christian eschatology looks to a future of a work-free world uh, where man has entered a kind of uh, self-made rest. And that's, a, that's an aping of the Christian view of Sabbath, which is mm-hmm. an interesting, just a very interesting uh, thought, I think that the Sabbath principle gets aped, not just in its pattern, but in its goal of a renewed uh, recreation, a renewed order 
in which we serve the Lord, but without the laboriousness uh, that comes with the fall and, uh, and work and the, and the cultural mandate. So both work and rest, which are related to one another, uh, it's noteworthy as well, I think, that um, the modern culture speaks about a work-life balance as though work and life are somehow at odds with one another because what we seek point. primarily in contemporary culture is leisure, not rest. And that, of course, emerges from a paganization of the idea um, and a sort of vision of the ideal life as being one of permanent leisure. Uh, hence the antipathy increasingly towards work, uh, the, the, the drive for earlier and earlier forms of retirement Mm-hmm. Um, and an idealization of, of, of leisure. But it's not a work-life balance that God has in mind with Sabbath law. It's a work-rest uh, balance. And um, so there were a variety of Sabbaths. Perhaps we can discuss those in a moment. Yeah, that's valuable. And it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, we've talked here and there uh, over, the, uh, over the seasons about how the Ten Commandments, some some of them, if we were responsible for making up our own laws uh, for society, you know, we, we might have something in there about do not murder, do not steal. Most people recognize that you can't have a functioning society where those things are allowed to go unchecked. But not many, it's not, not immediate or automatic that you would have a law mandating rest. And not just rest for yourself. Like this part of the reason this commandment is so long is that it's not just you uh, as the you know the head of the house or the uh, you know the boss, the employer, the manager who gets to rest. You know, all your your children, your employees, your servants, even your animals are all are all commanded to to have this day of rest. And it's uh, yes, and there's. So I was just going to say as well that uh, you mentioned that this was something that everyone in the land of Israel was to do, whether they were a foreigner or a, a native Israelite, whether they brought sacrifices to the temple or not. Uh, so it, it was not connected to formal worship that way. But you know, obviously it is it is a form of worship where we acknowledge that it's God who holds all things together. Yes, it's remarkable when you look at it that it does seem like when you look at the various Sabbath uh, principles the very, the, and the various Sabbath celebrations that there was a sort of holy waste of time going on. That's right. Uh, we actually get our expression, holiday, from holy day, mm-hmm. uh, from these times of rest and feasting and celebration. So in, in the Older Covenant, we have the weekly Sabbath. We have um, the new moon Sabbaths. We have the sabbatical year uh, every every seventh year, and the the mm-hmm. jubilee year. We've got the Passover, which which were Sabbaths. We have the Passover, which is a Sabbath. We have the feast of unleavened bread, which was a seven day rest. We have the feast of weeks or Pentecost. We have the feast of of tabernacles, which was another seven days. Uh, and then, of course, um, the the jubilee, which we mentioned there, we had a had a particular uh, significance, which you know was inaugurated with the blowing of the horn on the Day of Atonement, 
And uh, because the 49th year, because of the multiples of seven, was a Sabbath year, and the 50th year was a Sabbath as well. So you had two years of Sabbath there. So when you actually mm -hmm. add up the, the Sabbath rests uh, that were given to Israel, you see how uh, important rest uh, is in the Lord's economy. And you mentioned that this wasn't rest for some small elite group, but That's was right. rest for for everyone. Uh, and that included the the land and the animals. And I think it would be good for us, you know, shortly just to come back to the significance of rest for the land um, mm -hmm. and, um, and and rest for, for animals. But first, I think uh, this, this uh, relationship, but distinction between rest and worship is important. So worship is certainly part of uh, our resting in the Lord. But of course, worship is something we do every day. Uh, family worship, our, our, our private times of prayer and worship. So although the Sabbath is often related uh, to worship, uh, corporate worship, um, it's, not, it's not the day of worship because mm. all of our days are days of worship. Um, but it's primarily focused on rest. And in fact, uh, the the Israelites, you know, the, the pattern that we have as Christians of weekly worship and typically regarding our our day of worship as our day of rest is relatively uh, new historically because the the older covenant people didn't have weekly worship in the way that uh, we do it today. Um, that was introduced in the intertestamental period in the synagogues when there'd be a weekly gathering on the on the Jewish Sabbath. Uh, but it wasn't something of old, that Old Testament Israel was engaged in. So this wasn't primarily about um, the Jewish people getting together every Sabbath day for a special time of worship. The mandate was was fundamentally rest. Now, of course, our worship can be restful. But for a minister of the gospel, for a pastor, for, for presbyters who are preaching and serving and so forth, the, 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 the Sunday can be their day of worship, can be their hardest, longest, uh, most tiring day of the week. Mm -hmm. um, and so that'll be worth some of our discussion time in a moment, too, uh, as we think about, you know, what does it what does it mean to observe um, uh, the Sabbath? But uh, it does have this far-reaching significance, as you point out, and uh, this, this focus on rest and the importance of rest, because it's a commandment ultimately about life. I mean, the Lord Jesus in uh, Mark's gospel, it's probably worth us just reading that text, in um, Mark chapter 2, verses 27 through 28, uh, the Lord Jesus says, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Of course, there's two things going on there. One, we're being told that the, the purpose of the Sabbath was, was for our life and blessing. It was, it was made for us as a gift. Uh, man wasn't made to follow a bunch of Sabbath regulations. The Sabbath was a gift to him. 
Sabbath was made for man as a gift, not us for the Sabbath. In other words, man has priority. Human beings have priority in creation, and the Sabbath principle, the creational principle, is is God's gift to us because it's God's law is about life. It's about prosperity. It's about blessing. So the law of God is concerned with the blessing and the prosperity and the renewal of man's life. Uh, the second thing that's going on there is that Jesus Christ is the perfect man. So he is the son of man. Uh, he is the, the, the last Adam. And because the Sabbath was made for man and he is the perfect man, he's the true man. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, and so we do see in Scripture um, the, the, the Sabbath law, interestingly enough, we've, we often talk, as our listeners will know, about law and its significance on our podcast. Um, law that is not, we, we, we dealt in our series on Aquinas, that uh, the Christian doesn't believe in some abstract eternal law. That's right. Um, that is somehow reflected in in uh, natural law, then in creation as the as the sort of uh, co correlate of eternal law, as though there's some kind of law that exists next to God. Um, God's law is for creation, uh, and 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 you see that explicitly taught there in the in the Ten Commandments, because the the creational pattern is the the source of that law. And the, this law was made for man as a gift. It was made. It's not eternal. Um, it, it, it's, it's made and it's, then it's, in fact, within the Ten Commandments here, it's positivized to the Israelites for their particular context and for this point in redemptive history. So it has another unique place amongst the Ten Commandments insofar as it is the, it's the one law within the standing law of the Torah, of God's instruction, that is explicitly modified uh, in its fulfillment. It's, 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 it's eschatological in its character and so is modified in its application. So the principle remains, but the form of it under Christ changes. John Calvin actually placed the Sabbath law, I think rightly, within the context of ceremony, ceremonial mm -hmm. Law, it's creation law as a principle, but but its positivization to the Hebrews, to the Israelites, is ceremonial because it has this ceremonial application, and therefore it is modified. It's it's peculiarly modified, just like sacrificial law by uh, New Testament revelation. It it it, mm -hmm. it we we there is a deepening of our understanding of its significance. In other words, right, that's. Uh... So two two questions based on that. Uh, one of them you uh, you alluded to is just simply how we how we understand the the week, how we divide up the week and understand the the principle of of rest and of resting one day in seven, uh, and whether there is whether there is a certain day of the week that that we must do that. Uh, and again, how how that would apply? I mean, we we're in a world where we have major power grids that need twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year monitoring, so that we can have all of the 
you know all of the necessities of life that uh, that we've gotten used to uh how do how do we understand like how do we understand the calendar and uh, apply a a sabbath rest uh principle and then how do we apply that in a in an active networked uh shrunken world uh, of uh, of greater globalization i guess mm-hmm well, let's maybe start with part one of that, and then when I've dealt with part one, you can prompt me to to, uh, yeah. to deal with. Uh, there, there was a lot the in question. there. There's a lot, lot to chew There's on. Quite a, quite a bit there, and I, I'll, I'll probably end up forgetting by the time I get to the, that point. So just prompt me, Ryan. But yeah, I think um, to the first part of the of the question, the the older covenant law itself, actually, interestingly, uh, allowed for. Uh, and made clear really that 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 rest was about wholeness of life, and that, that this this resting of one day in seven, and then these other special times and feasts and celebrations, uh, that it was it was our, it was a symbol of our total confidence in God, of our you know we can rest and rejoice in the Lord because we recognize that we're not the Creator, we're not in control, we're creatures, we acknowledge our creaturehood, and we can rest and rejoice in God, our creator. And most especially, of course, as the revelation unfolds in Christ, our redeemer as well. So um, on the Sabbath day, even in Old Testament Israel, life could be saved on the Sabbath. Uh, Healings could be performed on the Sabbath. Jesus made that absolutely clear. Mm -hmm. Um, Rescuing an animal was possible on the Sabbath. Hunger could be alleviated. Thirst could be quenched. You could take an animal to water on the Sabbath. We see that in Luke 13, 15. So there are um, some of what we see in Jesus' encounters with scribes and Pharisees in the New Testament concerned the oral traditions that they had built up around Sabbath observance that had nothing to do with what the Old Testament specifically um, required or, or commanded. So because the Sabbath law is about furthering life and wholeness, um, furthering life on the Sabbath, uh, is, is something that we're obligated to do. I mean, if I'm, um, uh, even today, I mean, whether in old Testament Israel or not, you know, if you're walking down the street and somebody gets hit by a passing, motorist or a bicycle and is injured in the road you can say oh it's a mm-hmm. sabbath day i'm not going to go and help them and make a phone call and or drive them to the hospital or whatever it's going uh, or whatever is required so mm-hmm. sabbath law is about furthering life because rest in the lord is about furthering the life of a person when you think uh, and of families and of creation itself when you think about um the attempts that there have been to overturn uh, the, the, the six days of work and, and a and a day seven of rest, for example, in the Soviet union and during the French revolution, there were attempts to abolish these things, That's right. uh, human health and human productivity suffer. And we know the effect of, of stress on human beings from excess incessant activity, and you can be worked to death and, and, and the stress of work without rest shortens people's lives. So furthering life on the Sabbath was always um, important. Redemption also means defeating God's enemies. So even in Israel, 
um, self-defense, you know, fighting off an invader uh, was legitimate on the Sabbath. Uh, so uh, it's important to, first of all, recognize that in, in terms of the original application of the, of the Sabbath law, um, it wasn't some sort of irrational, life-defying, life-denying commandment. Uh, the purpose of the law was to further life. And as we see it modified in the newer covenant, it is about the furthering life, redemption, redemptive life, and its direction is towards the new creation. Um, in terms of um, those death penalties, of course, that we that highlight the importance of the Sabbath, it's quite clear that those are set aside and abolished in the newer covenant. The, the, the church, there's no evidence at all that the church continued any kind of Sabbath penalty. Uh, and the Christian worship um, modified because of, because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, 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 we can see that the day on which the uh, worship, Sabbath worship, happened, uh, changed. <clears throat> now, it's important to maybe just say something briefly about that. Yeah, I think that'd be valuable. So, yeah. Um, so we, we said, first of all, it's clear that the, the, the early church did not continue any kind of um, penalty um, or punishments for uh, Christians even in, in, in the church breaking older covenant regulations with regard to Sabbath observance. I've said that they were um, ceremonial. It's clear that that's how the early church regarded them. Um, and I think this is significant because there are, uh, there's a couple of things worthy of note here. One is we there are uh, modern, uh, even evangelical movements like the Seventh-day Adventists, for example, that insist uh, that the that the Sabbath day, that the Jewish Sabbath day was a Saturday, and that Christians are somehow obligated, therefore, uh, to to uh, worship and keep a strict uh, Sabbath on a Saturday. And then we also have varying degrees of Sabbatarianism within the Christian Church and uh, within uh, evangelical and Reformed communities. Um, and I think probably the most important text to cite in that regard um, is the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, mm. uh, in verses 16 and 17, where he says, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink. So notice where he's placing this, the Sabbath observance. He's, he's placing it in the, in the context of ceremonial uh, laws of of food and drink, of dietary uh, restrictions. So he says, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival. Remember those festivals I've just men mentioned? Or a new moon. That was another one of the Sabbaths. Mm -hmm. Or a Sabbath day. Throwing there to the weekly Sabbaths. He says in verse 17, these are sh a shadow of what was to come. The substance is the Messiah. This is why Calvin put the specifics, the particularization, the positivization in Israel of the Sabbath principle within the ceremonial uh, shadows, because this is ex explicitly what Paul says. And that word to judge there means we literally to, to regard as a crime or um, 
to to judge someone's conscience in this regard. So it's a shame that Christians have divided over this issue or been uh, unkind uh, uh, to one another uh, around this issue in terms of levels of Sabbath observance and the day and so on and so forth, even divided over it. Um, because scripture is explicit, that's which exactly what should not be happening. We should all be recognizing the principle of Sabbath. We should all be recognizing uh, the importance of a day of rest. Um, but we shouldn't be judging uh, and condemning one another. And I think too much of that has gone on in the life of the church. Now, with respect to the Seventh-day Adventists in particular, um, I think it is important to say that um, they are they are mistaken. And I know if, if memory serves, I'm going from memory now, this was a development in the 19th century. Um, but the, the, the basic idea is that, you know, Christians should be worshipping on the Saturday because this is what Jews were doing. But this is, in fact, wrong because the Jews, uh, the Hebrews, were uh, going from a lunar calendar. They operated on a lunar calendar. They actually picked up the, the calendar of Egypt, 12 months of 30 days. And then they had to add five days into the calendar during a couple of months. Uh, it, it is the, the Jewish calendar later. I think it was, um, I wrote this one down somewhere, uh, was, was, was modified. Um, that's right, in uh, AD 359. So in AD 359, the, 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 the Jewish calendar was the modern solar lunar calendar. But in the Older Covenant, basically, the 15th day of the first month, that is the month of Abib, A-B-I-B, had to be a Sabbath every year. Hmm. So the first and the eighth days were fixed, were fixed dates, uh, a date, were fixed uh, 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 dates within the calendar in the year. And as then that, that it followed then that the seven following the 15th of Abib were also fixed. So the date of the month was a constant. Uh, so the day, the day of the Sabbath was variable. So think about it like your birthday or the celebration of, of, uh, of Christmas or of Easter, where you have a fixed date in the month. Mm -hmm. And that means during a period of seven years, the day is constantly changing. So there was no fixed day to say, oh, they, the Jews celebrated on the Sabbath. No, the day changed. And then you've got different lengths to the various Sabbaths. So some Sabbaths were a day, some were a couple of days, some were a week, some were a year. So the focus was rest, not a strict notion of this is the day you go to worship. Mm -hmm. uh, and it certainly wasn't the, the, the Roman calendar of the of, of a Saturday. Uh, so there's a there's a there's a big mistake there and it's a shame that there's been division over that um but the you can see just from that why paul you know talks there in colossians about new moons and festivals and sabbaths that if we start getting into judging one another around this we get into a whole world of confusion and you end up in a kind of pharisaism rather than the freedom of the of the children of god so they varied in length um Nonetheless, I think we can say as a broad principle from Scripture, observation of the principle of Sabbath, of a, of a day of rest, uh, one in seven is life-giving. Mm -hmm. It brings life. Violation yeah. of God's uh, Sabbath principle 
brings death. And that's the, that's the priority in scripture is uh, our lives and furthering life, not, not death. Uh, and um, I think that should be the, the, the focus of the, of the life of the church today, not right. sort of squabbling about, uh, you know, um, all the details uh, of a particular person's uh, personal proclivities. And, and, and that's fine. But, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need to decide in our own hearts how God wants us to observe a day of rest. Um, but I've already pointed out that for, for many people, um, many Christians who are perhaps leaders of worship within the life of the church, uh, teaching children in the life of the church, uh, ministers, pastors, teachers, um, Sunday can often be a, a very long and tiring day of work uh, and service. So we have to think then slightly differently about what is the, my day of rest. And really like some of the, uh, some of the best advice I've had from, uh, from Christians who, who urge a, a regular Sabbath keeping, uh, which as you say is continues to be a principle of resting one day in seven is taken directly from that idea that you've quoted already that the Sabbath was made for man. Like this is, this is something that we get to do. This is something that is life-giving for us. It's not something that we ought to feel uh, to, compelled to do. This is, a, this is an area where it should be very easy for us to obey. Yeah. It's a blessing, it's a blessing to obey. And right. that's what Scripture makes very, very clear. There, there, there is there's life and death associated with it. So if we want to yep. further our life, then we want to walk in obedience. I mean, when you think about um, the uh, the significance of the change uh, in the Sabbath to the first day of the week uh, for the Christian, this is, of course, because Christ, our Passover lamb, which was a Sabbath, is sacrificed for us. Mm -hmm. And Christ is raised to life uh, in fulfillment of all the promises of God, in fulfillment of all of the shadows, in fulfillment of Jubilee. Um, he is raised to life on the first day of the week um, because the, the Jewish Sabbath, of course, looks specifically back in the, in the text that you read, looks yeah. specifically back to the Exodus uh, throughout the older covenant period, it looks back to the Exodus and says, this was your deliverance. Yeah. Um, cause I'm the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And so yeah. the reference of the Jewish celebration of Sabbath was to their deliverance from Egypt, from slavery to freedom, which of course is a picture of salvation. Our Sabbath, uh, uh of, of worship, our day of worship, uh, is changed in significance because Christ is raised to life, defeats death, the grave, on the first day of the week. Uh, and this is why, from the earliest time, the Christians gathered for worship on the the first day of the week, because this is the fulfillment of all of the of all of the promises. What a joy and a blessing to celebrate that! To to celebrate resurrection life, this life that points toward the new creation. The points toward the renewal of all things and reminds us of our uh, redemption. When you think about um, Jubilee, which of course is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, it was uh, signaled on the Day of Atonement, by which is hugely significant, uh, by the sounding of the ram's horn, and it meant liberty for slaves, 
It meant uh, the restoration of family land in rural areas, rural land. It meant being restored to, to life, to prosperity, to, to, to property. Um, it meant hope. Uh, and it was, a double, it was a double Sabbath year. Um, so th- all of this finds its ultimate fulfillment in the reality of, of, of new creation. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we, if, we, if we don't celebrate and rejoice in God's rest, and we don't take one day in seven for rest. Um, we bring uh, creation, the, 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 in a certain sense, the judgment that God has built into creational order, his norms and laws for creation order. We bring that judgment upon ourselves. Um, think about the way uh, Israel, for example, between the Exodus and the Babylonian exile um, violated a total of 70 years of Sabbath rests. That's right. And so they were 70 years in captivity. That's the reason that the Bible gives for it, so that the land uh, and animals and so on could be rested and restored. God, Think about the concern that God has for creation here, uh, for the soil, for animal life. I mean, if ever there was a a, a reaffirmation of the cultural mandate – of, of a mandate for care for creation. It's in God's law. I frequently have said and have written about the fact that obedience is green. If you want, to, right. if you want to be green, if you right. want to be to, to care for creation, uh, if you want to be genuinely, not in an idolatrous way, but genuinely concerned for the environment, then obey God's law. Because God's law was concerned for the microorganisms in the soil, for, for the animals, for the birds. For, for wild animals, for working animals. Uh, and he exiled his own people for 70 years so that the land could recover. And if we abuse the land and we pollute the air and we over uh, uh, farm and we abuse the soil, he, uh, creation, God's own judgment because of his laws and norms within creation um, comes upon us. If we, if we don't rest, we damage our own health. Uh, and as I said, the, these Sabbath laws, when they were introduced in the West uh, for the furtherance of life, were welcomed by people as deliverance from servitude and uh, uh, indentured servitude and, and slavery and so on. Um, it meant freedom. It meant freedom under God to, to build the kingdom of God, not a workless utopia. And so Paul says, look, our labor in the Lord, those six days a week, is not in vain because we can rest in the Lord. And on that seventh, uh, uh, on, the, on the, that first day of the week, that one in seven, uh, we get to rest and rejoice in the reality of new creation that is, that is coming about in and through the work of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it should be the easiest thing in the world, the greatest blessing in the world to say, I'm going to celebrate God's Sabbath and rest. And so, Joe, just to... Uh... I want, I want to close out by uh, going back to a question that I, I put up and that, uh, that we'll, I'll prompt you about again here. Uh, it, it should be, and I agree, and you and I and many others are, are blessed to be able to regularly observe a, the same day of the week as a Sabbath. But we also, what do you, uh, I guess, what do you say or what, uh, what advice do you have for 
the police officer, the power plant employee, for people who who work on irregular shifts, and you know, you might have you know, my bro- my brother used to work out uh, in the oil fields, and he would be ha- he would have twenty days straight of work and then ten days off, and that like mm-hmm. that's just that's just irregular, and it it, it ended up really. Uh, in his case, really grinding him down. You can only do that for a few months before it it wipes yeah. you out. But uh, yes, but yes, somebody like a police officer or somebody who works at a power plant, some of these essential services that need to be need to be ongoing. Well, it's important to notice first that the in the Roman Empire uh, and in the pagan world into which the church was being birthed and spreading the first day of the week was an ordinary working day for people. They had to work. Mm. And so most Christians would have been required to work on the first day of the week. And um, this is the reason actually why the church tended to gather in the evenings, uh, Mm. because they would have been working during the day, uh, which was, of course, unfortunate. Um, it's nice when it's been, it's certainly, I think, best because there is a rest in worship that I think is a tremendous blessing. And so it's God's best, I think, that the, our, 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 our rest and our worship coincide. Um, that our, you know, liturgy in a certain sense is a form of work. It, it, liturgy means public work. Um, that's right. But that's primarily public work for the minister, um, not for the, 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 the congregation. Um, we're all engaged in that liturgy, of course, you know what I mean? But that, you know, we, we don't have the same pressures and stresses uh, if we are uh, attending our, our worship and sacrament and so forth as the, the, the minister, the pastor uh, does on that day. But it's wonderful when our, when our worship and our rest can coincide, but there are times that it can't, and that was true for the, for the early church. So they would meet in the evenings. In fact, there's this interesting incident um, in the Apostle Paul's preaching where there's an evening service going on, as was customary, and he's preaching quite a long sermon, and a young man falls out of a window and, and dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, by the grace of God, Paul goes down there and uh, leans over the young man, and he's raised to life again. Um, uh, uh, there's a certain humor, I think, in that story uh, for pastors and preachers who like long sermons. Um, yes. But yeah. there you had, you had an evening service, and the poor lad was tired uh tired from from work now you might say well that's a kind of necessary work um and so you know it was necessitated in the pagan order i think we can say that christian states in the in 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 a christian order and of course this was true in canada it was true in the united states it was true in britain uh that there were uh sabbath laws and these were steadily repealed uh in the 1980s and 1990s, um, where Sabbath laws were gradually repealed as we started de-Christianizing. And so we, we, we no longer wanted to protect people from being forced to work um, seven days a week. People's priorities changed. So um, the, the, a, a, a pagan state will largely ignore the Sabbath. A, a Christian community and an eventually a Christian state, as we have seen throughout the history of the West, will gradually introduce um, certain, not total, but certain restrictions on Sabbath, certain 
regulations that will prevent people from being forced to work. And the, the goal would be that the, the majority of people can enjoy a, uh, a coalescing of both their work, uh, uh, coalescing, I should say, of their worship and their rest. Uh, so uh, a Christian order would, I think, restrict certain forms of trading, um, would, would make sure that employers couldn't force their employees to work on Sundays uh, and so forth. But obviously, the modern world is not the ancient agrarian world. And of course, God mm. uh, knew all of that. He knows the end from the beginning. This is yeah. one of the reasons yeah. why the Sabbath law uh, is um, part of ceremonial law, uh, as well as creational law. It's a standing law, one day of rest in, in seven. But its particular application in Israel was, was ceremonial. And so... Uh, if you're a police officer or you're a fireman or you're an oil rig worker or you're a power plant worker or you're an, a, a pilot, I mean, I, you know, I can get on a plane, Ryan, uh, on a given day and, and, and uh, on, a, on a Friday or a Saturday and fly, um, you know, to Australia um, and, uh, and, and be arriving on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in fact, then, you know, when I left, I wasn't, you know, violating an Old Testament Sabbath law. And on the day I, I arrive on the plane, I am, you know, X number right. of hours later. Um, so the, the the modern world, obviously, with um, international communications across time zones, so you've got world markets, for example. What if you're working on the stock market and the market is opening in a different time uh, because it's opening on the other side of the world? What if you are um, working in, as you say, in a power plant, um, a nuclear power station. Uh, you're you're in the military and you're at sea, uh, and uh, you're required on deck. I mean, you, the, the 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 modern world um, makes older traditional Sabbatarian ideas that dominated some um, uh, forms of uh, uh, Christian tradition simply untenable, unworkable, and unrealistic. I think we can say as a general guide, that it's wonderful if and when and where we can have our worship and our rest coincide. But very often that's not possible. And so um, we need to not judge one another in our Sabbaths uh, and so on. And what I would advise the police officer, the, the long haul truck driver, the, the, um, the power plant worker, the, 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 the naval officer, uh, uh, etc. Even the international trader who's, you know, uh, having to, you know, work across those time zones and touch on Sundays. Um, you know, think about the, the fact that he might actually be making somebody else work on a Sunday, even if he's only working on a Saturday, whatever it might be, you know, the, the different way these things work is to say that the principle for you, even if you're involved in certain necessary work, th these are forms of necessary work, you know, Crime doesn't stop on Sunday for, for Sunday worship for a police right. officer. Um, you know, the, 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 the power is still required in the church building for our music and our lighting. And so the power station, I mean, if we're going to say nobody should be allowed to work on a Sunday and be a strict Sabbatarian, then well, why are you in church with music and lights and, uh, uh, and, and, and the band playing and having tea and coffee afterwards? That all needs power and that requires mm -hmm. power stations. Um, 
And that would be the equivalent of the picking up sticks, wouldn't it? In the Old Testament regulation, um, heat, warmth, power. Uh, so I think we, we, we should say, look, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be a great idea if we could give our, our wives and our mothers and our grandmothers as much rest as possible on a, on a Sunday, if, that, if that's what works well for the family? And perhaps actually um, having the, the meal prepared the, the day before, or maybe even having somebody else other than mum do uh, prepare Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner um, so that she is getting some rest from her normal work. Because, you know, the, oftentimes the rest of us don't cook that often. I know you're a stellar ex uh, uh, ex exception to that general, um, I'm not going to say general rule, uh, Ryan, because I know you're a marvelous cook. Um, but uh, <laughs> I the, do a lot of cooking on you know Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think if we can provide, you know, that kind of rest for mums and stuff on a, on a Sunday, how wonderful is that? Um, so there's, there's, there's things that we can do as, as, as families, but those who are engaged in necessary work don't feel condemned. The key is to take one day of rest in seven. If your worship and your rest can't always coincide, if you can, because of a shift, only go to the evening service or only to the morning service, or occasionally you can't even make uh, Sunday worship because your employer has forced you to work on that day. Well, make sure you take your day, one day of rest in seven. Most mm -hmm. Western countries still protect that in law. Um, and, um, you know, why not request of your employer, if you are being asked to do Sunday shifts, that where possible, you don't do Sunday shifts. See if they will be flexible on that. See if, as far as we can, to try and make our worship and our rest coincide. But where it's not possible, thank the Lord for his goodness, his faithfulness, his gift of the Sabbath to us, and make sure you rest one in seven from your ordinary work. But necessary work needs to be carried out and needs to go on um, every day. Mums need to change baby's diaper and, 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 and nurse the baby. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the the, all these things, um, necessary work needs to be done. And for some people, uh, because of the kind of work they do, that is that there's necessary work going on there. As far as the pagan is concerned, the unbeliever, Sabbath laws are for a Christian people, not for a, a humanistic people. And so um, there's no point talking about campaigns to reintroduce Sabbath law into the West at the present time, because until we turn back to faith in Christ and his word, Nobody's going to accept that. Nobody's going to want that. Um, and uh, the, as people turn back to the Lord, and as we see a, a revival of Christian faith, people will demand again um, that we, we protect uh, people and land uh, and, and workers um, and employers from exploitation and that uh, a day of rest is protected. And as far as is possible, that day of rest um, would coincide with our worship. Um, let me let me um, close my comments on that. If uh, if you feel that I've answered the question sufficiently, with um, a citation from actually R. J. Rushdoony's Institutes of Biblical Law, where he says something interest, uh, interesting on this. Uh, he says, "The Sabbath of Israel is gone, and its laws, but the Christian Sabbath does require Christian order." And an aspect of that order is the Christian Sabbath. But the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant. 
It is not a law for a humanistic state and has no meaning for it, nor can it be required of it. In a Christian state, it cannot be made anything resembling the Sabbath of Israel. It must be a day of rest and of peace and quiet, but the basic emphasis is on the authority of God, knowledge of him, and rest in his government and salvation. And so I think that's a, that's a, that's a helpful um, way of, of, of summarizing this, really, that uh, this is not a law for a, human, a humanistic pagan state, um, it's a, it's a law for Christians. You know, if you've, if you've forgotten, uh, the bread or the chicken during the week for your Sunday lunch, um, the unbeliever working in the, the, the supermarket, um, uh, or in the store, it's not a binding law for them. You're not causing them to sin. This is for the for for a believing people, and it will only be in the context of a Christian nation that we're looking to give the supermarket worker rest because uh, they recognize that they need it from the Lord. So I think the key here is don't be condemned. Let's not judge one another in our eating and our drinking, nor in our Sabbaths or new moons or our festivals, but recognize the Sabbath was made for man. It's the gift of God. It's primarily about our rest. Uh, rest and worship do sometimes coincide, and it's a great blessing when they do. But the emphasis on, is, is on God's government, on new creation, and on the renewal of all things in Christ. It's there as a gift for our life and our blessing. Great. Thanks a lot, Joe. That's a, uh, that's a really thorough treatment of uh, how that, that principle has been has been changed between the uh, the older and the newer dispensation of the covenant, and good uh, good thoughts on how we can apply that uh, in you know our contemporary connected world. One final comment, maybe of value. Yeah, let her rip. That that the Sabbath people can remember the Sabbath pattern is creation, but entrance into Sabbath rest is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we celebrate in the present what Christ has accomplished in the past, all in reference to its future fulfillment in the consummation mm -hmm. of the rest that we are entering in the Lord Jesus Christ in the new creation. Past, present, and future united in our celebration of Sabbath. Excellent. Joe, thanks a lot for that, uh, that treatment. From all of us at the Ezra Institute, we remind you that from him and through him and to him are all things. This has been the podcast for Cultural Reformation, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week.